Welcome to the Gimme Golf Podcast powered by MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com. This is episode number 28. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast on most digital platforms. Joining me today is golf writer Chris King. Chris asked me about my early years hustling on a beverage cart. We have some pretty funny stories for you and some fun games you can play with your golf buddies. I am here in History Hall at Pine Lakes Country Club, and joining me today is Chris King and Nate DeWitt. Great to have you guys here. Hey, it's always great to be back. Now, I am passing the torch to you today, Chris. You're going to be hosting this episode because I think you have some questions for me. Well, that's that's a frightening thought, Meredith. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, today we're going to take it in a bit of a di- different direction. We're not we're going to talk about golf, but we're also going to talk about something that walks hand in hand with the game for a lot of people, and that's gambling. Uh, <laughs> you know, whether whether you're a, a 20 handicap or a tour player, I think you know a not insignificant portion of the uh, the golfing population likes to have a little bit on the game. It uh, adds a little excitement, at least it does for for most of us. And I hear Nate's a big money player, so <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have heard that about Nate as yeah. well. Huge. <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, we all have stories. Whether you're whether you're playing for a quarter, a hole, or in the case of some of these guys, you know, I would imagine at a, at a tour group on a Monday before a tournament, they might be playing for twenty five thousand a hole. Oh man, I can only imagine what yeah, kind of bets know, they have on the table. Yeah, well, it's, it's numbers that I, people like us couldn't comprehend. But <laughs> even at much smaller amounts, right? Like it, it adds something. The pressure to it. It right. means a little more to your putt, even if it's a dollar. Absolutely, it um, does. And you, Meredith, you've been involved at the game at a, at a lot of levels. You've you've played it competitively. What uh, what are what are some of the games you like to play? <laughs> you guys are cracking See me ya. up. Um, well, I hustled a little bit as a junior golfer. <laughs> um, my hustling years uh, started when I was around nine years old, and this is actually a funny story. So uh, I was I grew up in my formative years in Colorado because my sister was training for the Olympics at the Olympic Center. It, can I can I interrupt and ask what what she was training for a shot in the Olympics at? Uh, figure skating. Wow. Yeah. So she was on the uh, junior world team in '88 and traveled all over the world. And we lived uh, like on a compound. So Scott Hamilton was our next door neighbor, and Christy Yamaguchi wow. and uh, Brian Boitano and all those phenomenal skaters. And Katarina Vitt. A young Chris King was very much aware of Katarina Vitt. <laughs> she was beautiful, wasn't she? Well, I thought so. But. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful ice skater as well um so it was kind of a unique childhood in that we just moved from atlanta to colorado for my sister's training and during that process my dad owned a big business in atlanta and obviously he couldn't make that move with us so my mom had our hands full with us uh three children and you know this is the 80s times were very different back then and i uh, ended up that i you know picked up golf and i was taking golf lessons with a pga uh, head pro at a particular course in colorado and my mom would actually just literally drop me off in the morning like here's 10 bucks to eat i'll pick you up before it's dark and that basically was how i raised when i was not in school i was at the golf course and i always joke around saying it was pga professionals that actually raised me which is a true story i literally remember having a sleeping bag in the head pro's office because i would play literally 36 holes every day and i was little i mean i was a little girl you know i was tiny too and I, i would just get tired and i'd go and take like an hour nap and I literally was the golf course rat. So they all loved me there. They took good care of me. But in that process, I would get bored a lot 
playing golf. I mean, it was just became very redundant playing 36 holes like every day in the summer and and you needed more lunch money too. And I yeah, I needed more uh, lunch yeah, money. And I can smell a good gambling story. Yeah, here, man, so this is where it started. And I remember I was nine because I remember I won the state championship at nine years old in Colorado in, in the twelve and under age division. I was really getting good at golf. Obviously, I was playing every day. So one day I remember um, I was out on the course and they would actually because the again they were basically raising me they would always pair me up with people that they knew so i I got paired up a lot with retirees out there and you know so the guys in the 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 pga pros in the shop would be like hey can this young girl meredith play with your group and stuff so one day i was out and i was with a group of retirees which was pretty normal for me and i remember just waging a bet like it was like a dollar or something it was like on a par three and and they got a chuckle out of it. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll bet you and stuff. And I had no money in my pocket, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I waged a bet with like zero money in my pocket. And I ended up winning. And I was shocked when they started handing me money. I was like, you mean you're actually going to pay me just for hitting a golf ball? I mean, I'm literally doing this every day. And so then I started hustling. So then I realized and on every par three that I could do this. So then I was making a lot of money. Are you hustling with them on greens hit? Oh, yes. Is that what it is? Oh, we did everything. It, it just it just went out the roof. I started hustling on all sorts of shots and putts, and I would double or nothing, and, and just these things I would come up with. But I didn't want to tell you know my mom that I was hustling, and I didn't want to tell the, um, the pros at the course I was hustling. So in my nine-year-old brain, I thought it was my secret, you know? And I would go home with tons of like $1 bills. Like I'm talking like my pocket stuffed and I would hide this money in my room. So this went on for like an entire summer hustling at nine years old to where I had a lot of money built up and my mom found my money. And she asked me about it and I told her, well, it was from playing golf and ends up that a lot of people at the golf course were cracking up. They thought it was hilarious. So everyone knew that I became this little like nine-year-old hustler and they would call me hustler. <laughs> they also would call me butch because I cut all my long hair off one day, literally got scissors and I was like, I should have been a boy even though I was a girl. I just like the boys better. So I cut my hair. So it was butch and hustler were my nicknames. And um, everybody would crack up, but my mom was like, you cannot do that. that does, that's not how I raised you. It's, yeah. it's totally inappropriate. And, you know, I got in trouble for it. And there was times, you know, I faced temptation doing it <laughs> after that. <laughs> but I did have some hustling years as a kid. So fast forward to my college years, Chris. So, so, so when she said stop doing it, did you really stop? I did for a period of time and then every now and then if I found like a good bed or someone that I thought would I could totally beat I would sometimes you know did you scope obviously you probably scoped out all the players if you I just honestly I wasn't smart enough at nine years old I just thought you know I can beat him and in my little head in my little brain I played so well when I did that like it really did affect how I approach golf I actually looked forward to going to play golf when there was a bet. And when I knew I could bet, I would be excited about going to play versus on if I couldn't, if there was nothing on the table, I just thought, oh, I just got to go play 36 holes. Like, I don't mind it. I like it. It's okay. But eh. but if I thought I could, if I could throw a bet, even if I could walk away with $5, 
I was pumped. I played golf all day. There was something on the table. Even a milkshake. Now, they started substituting money for milkshakes. I got so sick of milkshakes. Like, oh, yeah, we'll buy you a milkshake. And I'm like, how many milkshakes? Were they offering you a milkshake when you were college age? (laughs) No, they weren't. (laughs) So this is the story I want to hear. Now, it's one thing to have a nine-year-old Meredith (laughs) hustling a couple of retirees. How does this play out when it's 19? Well, when I was 18... You know, I've obviously, you know, growing up in golf and everything, I knew that it could be like a career outlet. I always knew that. However, you know, I did not want to end up in a pro shop working behind a desk. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but there, I like being outside. I like being busy. I like just, I have a lot of energy. I have too much energy for that. So, and also... The idea of making tips, well, you know, you're in college, you need money, you have expenses. And so anyway, I thought, you know, beveraging would be the way to go. And so I got my first job beveraging at Litchfield Country Club. So you had moved back here, you had moved here from Colorado at that point? Yes, yes, yes. I moved here. I went to high school here. Okay. Graduated Soxty, went to Coastal Carolina University and needed a job, needed to make some money. And what better place than on the golf course, right, In in my favorite environment? So I got hired as the beverage girl. <laughs> and, you know, it start, I had so much fun. I mean, I think, honestly, being a beverage cart lady, girl, however you want to phrase that, is one of the most fun jobs in golf. I really, to this day, I, I, other than what I get to do with you guys here, it is so much it's fun. It's a job everybody wants when they're retired. I've had so many people <laughs> reach out to me. It's like, when I'm done, I want that job. It's like when I'm done with my career. So I have right. oh, yeah. so many good memories. And it's so beautiful, too. And you get to meet people, especially if you're a people person. It's awesome. And I am a people person. So um, anyway, yeah, I got this job and, you know, would go out and obviously sell drinks and food. And, and I thought, well, this needs to be more fun. And I'm an extremely competitive person. And so not just with golf, but with sales, too. You put me in a sales environment. I want to be the best salesperson. I just, everything I want to try to be the best at. It's just my personality type. And so I would always try to, uh, it started out, I'm getting ready to tell you about my hustling on this beverage card, okay? But it started out wanting to beat the sales of every other beverage girl. So I started asking questions like, what's the highest amount of sales that you guys have done on a beverage cart? Because I'm going to beat it. You know, it was just, that's how I move and groove. So I started bringing in some really good numbers on the cart. And that's just motivation to me. And then I thought, well, you know, we can have some more, we can have more fun with this if, Maybe I'm out playing with them a little bit here and there. So it kind of started out, hey, like be, me being friendly with the groups of golfers out there. Uh, hey, guys, you know, if they missed, a, if they're on a par three and they, and they had terrible shots, hey, why don't you give me your club? Because I played with men's clubs. I mean, I'm a collegiate golfer, you know? <laughs> I mean, I had men's clubs. It's not like I can't grab their club and, and, and strike the ball well. But I say, hey, why don't you hand me a ball and a tee and give me your club? Let me show you how to play this hole. And they would crack up. So here I am, this long blonde hair, tan, 18-year-old. I'm much older now. But I'd go out there. They would all just get a kick out of it. They're like, there's no way. And I would not tell them anything about my experience playing golf and everything. And oftentimes, I would really mess around with them. Is When I would do my practice swing, I'd make it look terrible. Like intentionally make it look terrible, like sloppy, just like they're probably just looking at me like whatever. But when I would address the ball and set up, you know, it was 
I would strike the ball pretty well. And I was playing a lot of golf as well. So my game was on. I, I was really confident with my game doing that. So I'd hit a great shot, you know, put it right up next to the hole. And these guys would, I mean, they would freak out. They would just be cracking up, like dying laughing. And then at that point, they're like, let's get a round of drinks. So I noticed me getting involved with the golfers on the beverage cart, hitting shots and stuff. They would buy more. Like so more sales, sales. So yeah. that's how hustling for me kind of started is the sales increased, you know. And so, yeah, so so when did you, you cross the, the line there, the threshold, step <laughs> into the abyss of, of using this as a sales tool and uh, turn it into a moneymaker? Yeah, so, well, the idea actually, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, that the idea came when I was working the idea came to me, all right, let me rewind. I worked as an assistant pro at a course prior to getting the beverage job. And as an assistant pro, they would have me go out on the par threes and sell gift certificates. I'm sure you guys are familiar with yep. this concept. You, get on, you know, if you get the hole within a certain um, amount of feet from the pen, you can double your gift certificate and whatnot. So I used to do that and do really well at that. Again, just put me in a sales environment. So then I started thinking about that concept of when I was an assistant pro, how could I apply that and make money on the course, just me playing golf. Okay, so this is where the hustling kind of came in. Then I thought, you know what, I can make some extra tip money if I hustle. So, you know, I always made really good tips as well. But I, if I, I thought if I add hustling to the equation, then the, my tips would go up, and it certainly did go up. Okay, <laughs> my tips did go up greatly. So what I would do is I would start out hustling on the par threes. And what I would do is I would pick the easiest par three and the one that I was really comfortable playing, and I would play that par, th par three personally a lot. After work, uh, I'd get out there and hit a lot of shots, make the shot a lot. Like I would take a dozen balls and I would plan the shot that I was going to hit. So over, which hole over. was that at Litchfield? Oh gosh, at Litchfield. The 17's a par three there. You know what? It's it longer. The, yeah, par, the par threes at Litchfield are longer. I think it was 17. Yeah. I think it probably was 17. Oh gosh, it's been so many years now. Thank God it's been so many years. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so yeah, I would just get really good at a hole and I would plan it. So the guys, the guy, and it would, and it, I think it probably was 17 because I usually would do it on the back because that's after the guys have loosened up a little bit, you know, on the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah, a little more up, comfortable. You know, a little it. bit more comfortable on the back. You'd adjust the tee markers too to your, probably your optimal yardage, right? <laughs> oh, and I would always tee off. Obviously at that time in my life, I always played the tees back. So I would, I would go to wherever, they, I would never hit from a lady's tees. I would literally play with the guys. Yeah, those par threes at Litchfield are a little long it's yeah that's a legit willard bird design mostly his golf courses his characteristic is longer par three so yeah yeah so i, I would go out there and so what i would do is this i'd pull up on the beverage cart hey guys <laughs> how are y'all doing y'all need any drinks and usually they get a drink and everything like that and then i say hey do y'all want to have a little fun today now mind you at this point i started bringing my clubs in my bag on the cart and i did just for our listeners today, I had permission to do it. I got permission. I wasn't just sneaking around my golf bag. I got permission to have a little fun. And I think the reason why I was allowed to do it is because my sales were so good. They're like, hey, if this is a creative idea and you want to go out and if it could bring more sales in for food and beverage, go for it. If you want to engage with the customers, go for it. So 
at that time at 18, I thought, okay, I can do it. That's fine. Now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'd ever do that now, <laughs> obviously. It's good to be young. It's yeah. good to be young. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. So I'd go out there and, you know, the guys would uh, maybe get around to drinks or something. And I'd say, all right, I'll bet you guys five bucks, just, just little wages, five bucks that I will hit the shot within 12 feet of the pin. And so they, wow. yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a gutsy play. Confident. Yeah, that's a $20 bet, basically, each okay, one. Okay, so you're going five a man. I'm going five a all man, right. yeah. Anyone who wants to put up the bet with me, and usually they'd all go in. Not Sometimes not all the guys would go in, but like two of them at least yeah. would say, all right, I'm in. So then they would hit their shots. I would hit my shot, and again, I mean, I was playing really well. Most of the time, I mean, honestly, I would say 85% of the time I was making my shots. But again, I played these shots a lot after work, practicing, and whatnot. So they would have to pay up, and then oftentimes I would give them a second chance. So I would say, hey, double or nothing. So now we just took it up a notch. And then, you know, they would have to pay up, and I'd have extra tips that day. Now. Sometimes, you know, I would feel bad, though. I wouldn't want to, like, you know, take, rip, you know, take everything from the guys. So what, every, every now and then I would buy someone a round of drinks. So I would use my money that I would make to buy a round of drinks, to have fun, and then do it again on another hole. And it just kind of went back and forth like that. Um, hey, look, they're ni- you're nicer than I am because once they saw you swing the first time, <laughs> you make the bet the second time. You own that one. Yeah, but yeah. you know what the funny thing is? I... I started, you know, obviously getting known for doing this and groups would want to come back and see me out there. They would actually like call sometimes, hey, is Meredith working out on the cart? <laughs> um, and then sometimes like they would tip me just to, to drive the ball. You know, if I'm driving 220 yards and I mean, how often do you see an 18 year old chick on a beverage cart that can actually play? Just you don't often see that. So some of these guys would come up to me and be like, hey, Meredith, listen, my buddy over there, he has no clue that you can hit it. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tip you extra. Just go up there and hit a drive. Just outdrive him. Just do it for us. So then sometimes the guys would go against each other and joke around, and I'd kind of be this middle person. I had so much fun doing this. And not only was it just the hustling part and getting to play golf out there and selling beverages and food and stuff, but I got so engrossed in doing this and I love this job so much that, you know, with permission and stuff, I would actually print off golf tips at 18 years old and I would paste them on top of like the front of the golf cart. Really? Like, yeah, I was really into my job. I mean, so I was, you knew you were going to be an instructor at a young age. I, I knew. I, I have been now what, in the golf industry, what, 30? I mean, just my whole life. Yeah, I must have been like a premonition or something. I mean, giving golf tips at 18, and I'm doing them now all the time on video and being an LPGA instructor now. So it's just, it, it, just destiny, I guess. But. Oh, I would have golf tips, and then I would uh, I would run um, specials, like really good drink specials. Of course, Bloody Marys, to me, just they are the best specials to run. And then obviously having a morning beverage to get the guys started, would those would be the best hustling days, too. You know, just, just planting the seeds. Yeah. Just, By you know, the time getting, they get to 17, getting a, they'll getting, be ready. You know, going out there that first round, having some warm coffee and, and you know, liquor if they want to add to it, having some specials, you know. All of all of those things combined, you know, I always want to make sure everyone had a really good time out there. But in the process, I met amazing people. I made a ton of tips 
a ton of tips for a girl in college. And your golf and your golf game can only get better by doing that pressure. Yes, the pressure. I can't even. I mean, even to this day. I have to have some pressure. And I mean, Nate, you and I work so much together, even even when it, we're not on the golf course, but if there's anything that I have pressure, you know me, I do better under pressure. Yeah. Like if I have any kind of pressure on me, then my performance usually is usually better because I'm just, I'm on it. So there's something about that. Maybe it's just having a really competitive spirit, but I definitely like the pressure of it. Did anyone ever get mad at you? Never. I don't think now if they did I I did not know because we would honestly have so much fun we would laugh and, well, and peer pressure probably prevents that too right yeah. like even <laughs> if one guy thinks he got taken his buddies aren't gonna let him say but so much about that yeah yeah, yeah. and I also I was beveraging at Prestwick Country Club too so that was another course at Prestwick so between Prestwick and Litchville Country Club I mean let's just say I was able to made my car payments <laughs> my car insurance and and you know some of my schooling so hustling helped me a lot pay for pay for some things that well, i needed at the time i'll tell you what between the the challenge of prestwick and you taking their money there were some people getting beat up out there in the uh <laughs> in the early 90s oh yeah <laughs> prestwick is an awesome course yeah. oh it is it. it's but it'll it'll oh it, it's yeah. everything you want it's yeah exactly it really so. is well, do you have a particular story out there that stands out most to you, be it at Prestwick or Litchfield, anywhere? Um, really just just the hustling stories, just going out waging bets on shots and drives and um, par threes and, I mean, really, that's, that's, that's it, just general hustling. <laughs> well, see, now, I mean, that's the challenge that comes with notoriety. Now people know who you are, and that's, uh, that is no longer an option for you. <laughs> but you know what? I actually met some, uh, so many great people, and I would get invited to play, you know, in rounds, like after work. Hey, you know, we're getting a game together. You know, would you come join us and play for some money? You know, some skins games and stuff. I often would do that after work. Okay, yeah, because I mean, I would play golf all the time after work, so that was a lot of fun. And is just you know connecting with different people and um, just having some side games. Yeah, well, and whether you're hustling somebody off the beverage cart <laughs> <laughs> or or we're setting a fair bet with friends, um, it it really is a big part of the game. Um, you know, right? Because to your point, it makes it a little more exciting. Not that we all need it. I mean, I, you know, I think we've all, everybody's played a $2 Nassau or something like that. But there are a variety of other types of games and stuff, too, that, that people play. Do you do you have any that are um, that don't involve you on a beverage card? That you, that you know, games that you may want to play now? Um, I, you know, some games that I like to play now, and if it's with my son... I mean, usually it's it's not obviously, you know, for money, but sometimes it's for things, like all right. Which to a to a son can a mean son. more than money. It's yeah. like all right, if <laughs> you know, if I if I win today, um, I'm gonna expect you to take out the trash, you know, just some extra chores, <laughs> or uh, really, all of my sons know how to cook, especially my uh, two older sons cook really well. Or it's like. Uh, you're making dinner tonight or you know in exchange for this but um, I think some really fun games is you know just hitting greens you know who can hit the green first um, getting you know points or even if it's like a skins game uh, what do you guys like to play 
Well, you had mentioned hitting the green first, and I, to me, a game that's fun to play. And kind of almost no matter your skill level, you'll have a chance at it. It's like the bingo, bango, bongo, mm-hmm. which is you know it's three points per hole. Um, first person on gets a point. Closest person to the pin gets a, a, a point. You know, once you're you're on, and then first one in gets one as well. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's again, there's that gives everybody in the group even of you know desperate skill sets a, exactly. a kind of a chance to play and uh, i've always enjoyed that being the guy who um you know sometimes it's easier to be closest to the pin when you're putting from the fringe <laughs> right um so, so it's always been a fun game you you know what you set what each point is worth before the round and you you go from there see i think that game is good if you've got a bookkeeper with you because you've got to have one person that takes charge and saying okay I'm going to keep track of all that. It's like I just, you know, I look at it a diff- different way. I just want to play. I'd rather do two-man teams, two-person teams, mm-hmm. and then because I think that's more, it's more camaraderie. It's like if you're out of the hole, it's like your partner's still in. But anything like that, unless there was somebody that I was playing with that was a good, would keep all that on the scorecard because it's like uh, I don't, I, well, I don't I, want to keep all that. I don't, I don't so. disagree with you for a moment on that. I guess fortunately or unfortunately for me, though, I have a lot of friends who are degenerates, <laughs> so they're <laughs> happy to keep up with that. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, sometimes those two-man yeah. teams are, are a little easier. But, you know, there's another game, at Daytona, is I believe what they call it, and you, you go a two-person team and you add, it's not like scores added up where it's like if, if you make four and I make four, we have eight. It is you use the score if it's you got two scores. If the lowest score is par or below, that's the first number. If it's bogey or above, the highest score goes first. So if we're on a gotcha. par of four and you make a five and I make a seven, our score is seventy five, not fifty seven. And then gotcha. you kind of tally that up at the yeah. end of the day. But that's another one that really I've got that one in my notes. Y- yeah, I haven't played that. Yeah, it, is it fun? I mean. It is. I'll tell you what that one does is it puts a lot more pressure on the guy who's worse. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, Meredith, mm-hmm. like you or I are playing together, I'm the one that's like, oh, God, all day. <laughs> right? Like, don't make triple. <laughs> you know? I mean, in most of these games, the better player saves the weaker player. Right. In, in that particular game, the weaker player sinks the team oftentimes. Right. And I've been that anchor before. It's not always fun. You know, I wonder with – you know, every, with Myrtle Beach being the golf capital of the world and everybody coming here to play golf, I mean, surely pretty much every group has got to have some type of bet on the table. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I put together a, a 16-person golf trip each year, and I mean, they're right. Like, there's a – we divvy up into teams on that trip, so there's a Ryder Cup-style mm-hmm. thing that every – I mean, it's only $20, right, but that you put in and everybody plays. And then there are there are bets every day within each group, too. See, I think it's so important I, to have games that don't involve handicaps, but they allow p- everyone to compete in it. You get something – you know, it's like, I really am going to go for this. You know, it's mm-hmm. – um, but you get into handicaps, you get into muddy water. It's like, uh, Bill doesn't, his handicaps, that's not right. So then you get some friction there. Yeah, well, so look, that's a that's a source of concern, and we've run into that as well because we will, um, particularly the Ryder Cup type thing, people get strokes for that. And that's just so it's not the same group of people playing together every day. I mean, and you're right, I mean, handicap does introduce 
you know, especially depending on what your group's like, right? I mean, sometimes you travel with people that you're super close with and you know they play all the time and you keep up with their scores. And then, you know, oftentimes, particularly with larger groups, you have people coming from disparate places and you're not quite as sure. And one guy that shows up and says he's a 17, fires a couple 84s, and, you know, there are a bunch of people grumbling. Um, But, you know... I, for me, generally speaking, it's a price we've been willing to pay. Most of the people on the trip that I go on, we have a pretty good idea of what it is, and you almost feel bad if you play better than your handicap, right? Because well, they're they're beating you up over that too. But right. um, and it's sad to see people that take it way too serious. It's like oh, yeah. I, I lost eleven dollars. Like, come on, man, you're on vacation. It's like ah, that, that's a small price to play if you just have fun with it. You know, well, that's the difference. right. There's no question, and look, I mean, I, we joke around about betting and there being a lot of money, but I, for me personally, it's generally better if those sums are small, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if, if it gets to the point where you're upset about it and you're playing yeah. for too much money, it's like just right, no, just have right. fun. It, yeah, that's right. It's there. It's for me. Oftentimes, that's more about the pride of saying it's not that I won five dollars today; it's right. that I beat you, Nate. Well, I saw and like when we have dinner and drinks. I, uh, I saw yeah, the, bragging rights. Yeah, that's I saw you won the belt. Well, well of course, I'm your you 2020 Helltown champ. He won a belt for what? I I won the first <laughs> annual Helltown Classic. I came in mm. there. I, you know what? I almost brought it today. I and I okay, so tell me about that. Like, what is that? Well, it was a. I went back. I played with some buddies from home. We had 24 people. Uh-huh. It was a three-day event. First day was almost like a warm-up type thing. There were um, four-man teams, best ball for each team. You added up. I was fortunate enough to be on the winning team that night, though I was a very little help. Uh, the second day, we played 27 holes. It was um, six holes of excuse me six it was nine holes of best ball nine holes of captain's choice nine holes of alternate shot my partner and i didn't kill each other just barely but we didn't wow um and then the third day there was 18 holes a guy had got a 350 dollar um kind of pro wrestling style belt made that's I'll how much that picture. belt was okay, yeah I need to oh see it's, the a, picture. it's a real belt well, we've got, got it on our website at myrtlebeachgolftrips.com if you look yeah, at you it look there's at a it. there's oh a picture gosh. of Chris congratulations oh it was definitely the what highlight did it feel of like to wear that belt <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? What did it feel like? Yes. I've got it displayed right by my computer. I stare at it all day when I'm working. You oh spent $350 for that? Yes, that's what Is the cost heavy? of the belt was. Oh, yeah. It's a real belt, and you know. I mean, <laughs> Are you going to wear it? Like, you can wear it out, oh, Chris? I do. You know I you can. want to. You <laughs> Look, know you and want I, am to. <laughs> ex- I am extraordinarily gracious as a winner, which has made it easier for the losers that played that day. Um, you know, I was nice notice, enough. Notice how he said losers. losers. Well, look, I mean, there are only so many ways to describe where they fit into the equation. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so, I, but I was, again, I've been pretty magnanimous about it. I, I made a Christmas card this year from your 2020 Helltown champ. No, and you oh. did not. Yes, I did. Oh, my nice. gosh. The family, the family, the kids posed with the belt. Um, it was wow. nice, you know. That's so, a huge deal. I got to see this belt. Oh, well, I've got a picture of it. I'll what show you. What does your wife think about the belt? Well, does she think? Does she think you look extra hot with that belt? <laughs> you on? know, that's maybe <laughs> I could delude. I don't. I'm not sure she thinks I'll look hot wearing. Well, no matter what I'm doing, <laughs> but you know, maybe in my mind it works that way. I'm not so sure in hers. 
<laughs> but uh, but you know what? Look, I mean, that is look. It was great to play for that thing, right? Like it was a big deal. It's that's one of those things that, um, you know, someone from the outside looks at and goes, "Oh, get a life." But but if you're doing it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge deal. So oh, let me ask yeah. you this: So, did you enjoy that pressure? Did the pressure? make you play better uh you know what actually on that day it did and it doesn't normally have that effect on me i am i love playing but i'm not good necessarily but i played really well that day and i look this might sound crazy but like i was genuinely nervous throughout the day and even while you were in the zone you were nervous oh yeah i was nervous with everything did you get in did you get in the yeah zone? did you get a zone no there is no sudden no. it's survival for me it's not <laughs> zone listen I, my golf game, I, I tell people I am a victim of years of accumulated failure, <laughs> right? Like, So I didn't really play growing up. I never really learned how. And then just kind of slowly through life, I might play. First, it was once every couple years, and it was once a year. And then I got more into the golf business, um, and I started playing more, though I still didn't play as much as I could have because I was kind of self-conscious as to the fact that, I, you know, right, like you're out here playing with people like y'all right like you I mean you're like oh i shot 81 today and i'm like you know it's a bad day for you i'm like 81 i'm gonna i'm gonna commission a statue and a portrait of myself <laughs> out here on the courts it's gonna be like Payne stewart at Pinehurst <laughs> if i shoot 81 um but so i've started playing more and i've gotten a little better but i'm still not good and i like when i say i'm a victim of years of accumulated failure like even when things are going well i'm like well there's a plane crash right around the corner here <laughs> um but I held it together. I w- walked to the 18th tee, knew I was in good shape. and um, Were you shaking? Were you nervous? Oh, at times I was really oh nervous. <laughs> and then not, not on 18, but I'm sitting there, I'm getting ready to hit. But well, the alternate shot is always, well, I'm sure it was a modified alternate yeah, shot Yeah, but now see, but the alternate shot was the day before. Gotcha. But um, so that wasn't for the, the belt was a strictly That's the most, stroke that, that's play. the toughest. And Meredith wow. would know this better stroke than I would. Play. That's probably the toughest. <laughs> part is is the alter, playing alternate shot with somebody right yep. so yeah. the guy i'm playing with yeah. sunday i'm playing with two guys uh guy greg coons is very supportive playing with a guy named darren yow who i've known since we were i mean I, we were really young right mm-hmm. like i mean i may not have even been 10 and yow's a pretty relentless talker and he'd just been riding me all day about this we get to 18 i'm addressing the ball and he goes as long as you don't hit the ball ob right here he goes you should be clear oh no he didn't <laughs> Yo, oh yes, that's he did. terrible oh yeah well, he he would have Just no remorse about that talkers, at all yeah yeah but you know what he had to he had to strap the belt around my waist so it was a small <laughs> price to pay to hear that your green jacket yeah. i am so proud of you that's really good i did not realize that Impressive. i need to go check out the picture i need to see this belt Oh, it is. um, Yeah, we'll go to. It's on Myrtle Beach Golf Trips. I'll pull it up while we're here. It was a. It was, but you know what? And that's not gambling per se. But you know what? It is. It is a situation where there's something on the line. There's something on the line. Yeah. And it does make it more fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think no it's, doubt uh, you, you have to play for something. You just can't yeah. be out there hitting the golf ball. Right. You got to play yeah. for something, even if it's like balls yeah. brand new balls or a head cover or something has to be on the and table. i think I about it totally. as the last tip you gave a, just a little bit ago to get your mind right on the range just not go to mm-hmm. the range and just bang out golf balls. you got to have something you got to have something to play for yeah you do you, gotta you have, really do well it yeah. makes you concentrate more mm-hmm. because i am someone who talks a lot 
and my mind can wander and I you know we if we're having a conversation about something and I go to address the ball I'll still be sitting there thinking about whatever it is That's we're talking too, about right and you, you know and then I've hit one into never never land and I'm like you're a fool <laughs> right <laughs> but you don't do that when you were a little more dialed into what it is you're trying to do well it's like you said at the top you said you'd go out and play but, for money and you didn't have a dime in your pocket mm-hmm. I mean Trevino says pressure's playing for five dollars when you don't have any you know, he, dime right, in your pocket exactly so, yeah oh my goodness all right so that's i'm looking at picture, the belt right now whoa that's a massive belt it's whoa that i mean it really looks like one of those wrestling belts yeah yep look at that smile on your face you are just on cloud yeah you're blushing you're blushing oh i would that was not a blush (laughs) (laughs) well i said gushing oh oh oh, you said gushing he's gushing he looks like he's gushing and blushing like oh look at him he's like that's awesome i love it well i was happy and it was great to have the gentleman you see there hand it to me he does not look happy the guy handing you the belt look at look at him holding on to the belt like he doesn't want to give it to chris well he didn't want to give it to me but oh look at the look look on his face (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious yeah so it adds to the fun whether it's whether it's money some sort of stakes Mm -hmm. i think are helpful i mean you know obviously we're talking about gambling games here today but you know something like that now those guys have ridden me relentlessly ever since about my handicap but that's okay. And I can't tell you how many times working in the industry that you see groups that come down year after year and they've got some kind of trophy like that. It's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, it's uh-huh. pride. Right. So, and there's probably money on the line, but at the end of the day, that experience, you being handed the belt, is probably, to me, would be more, you know, more honorary than. Oh, without 15 question. or $20, you know. Yeah, because there was money in that too, right? Like I probably won $150, $200. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was because to your point, like I didn't care about that. Right. Like I would have, um, you know, I would have paid them to win, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I was, <laughs> that's what the that's what the victory was. Right. So anyway. Don't we lose that it. belt that's going to cost you $350. Oh, trust me. I've, I've, been, I've been threatened with legal action if it doesn't come <laughs> back. Um you know, it's interesting. I have a lot of students that have trouble concentrating, especially if they're going out by themselves. Let's say they don't have the opportunity to play at the group or, you know, have a game or something. And one thing that I recommend, and I did this when I was really young, again, my early years out in Colorado, because I played by myself a lot, I would play two balls. So I would, as long as, you know, the pace of play was moving and obviously it's not backed up, you know, depending on how what was going on with the course that day but you know if it was pretty open uh play two balls and I would compete against myself with the two balls and see which ball would win and and I would play games even with my mind as a young child just my imagination of I would you know literally pretend it was two famous golfers and I was making the shot for them and I would wait until the very end and literally play these two balls to see who would win that day just to have that challenge because yeah. you can get bored out there and especially in it it really depends on your personality type i think you know people who maybe are a little bit more you know more creative maybe more right-brained might struggle with concentration versus people who are naturally more left brain like my husband is completely type a left side and he could easily concentrate he could just zone in very methodical and really stay connected with each shot me 
I could be in a conversation like if we were out there, I could start talking about something. And like you said, Chris, I could still be in the conversation during a shot. So I think it depends on personality type. But I think for those struggling, playing two balls, even if you don't have anything to challenge yourself, would be a way to go if you're by yourself and just don't have the opportunity to play for a big belt like Chris. <laughs> yeah, well, and the difference for you is your swing is good enough that if you're still in the conversation, you're going to get away with it. When, <laughs> when I'm in the conversation, it's, oh, God. You know I mean? <laughs> is there any chance we can still make bogey here, maybe double? Yeah. Well, Nate, before we wrap up, what about you, games? What's your favorite game to play? You know, one I used to play a lot was Wolf because that that kind of was the most pressured game. If And we sometimes would play for a little bit of money. I Do you have, have it on your one. list? Yeah. Okay, you yeah, got yeah. it on number two. Gotcha. Yeah. Because that, and there's two different ways to play Wolf. You can either, I've seen it play different ways, where you can go solo, take the group on, and you, but you had to call it right away. Like if I was number one, if I hit it first and I hit the first tee shot, and I think I hit it pretty good, you had to sometimes declare it right then and there. It's like, okay, taking all three of you on. And I played it in a way where you can wait and see what everybody does first. And, and I'm just, I, I don't know what the exact, let me look at your sheet here. I, I think the what. rules would be you're supposed to call someone else's drive as soon as they hit it. But like you, I've kind of played, played it, it more that way too. It where you, can, you can see what everyone does. And right. then. But that's a, I like that because I like, I like uh, team match, but it also brings in the element of playing by yourself. If you think you're right. playing pretty well, you can go after it by yourself. Um, and then if you get into carryovers, you can get real that money. That can get in real that. money yeah. involved. I don't think in I've it. played that one. I don't think I've played. Yeah, that it's particular a it, game. it's a good game. And we um, used we played this so game sometimes late late in the afternoon, like in the summertime, and we'd play it with five people. We never we never obviously play we'd play a fives, but it'd be late in the afternoon. No one's there, and that gets even more pressure because you're taking on four people it's like yeah it gets pretty insane yeah wow. well y'all are pretty good golfers so i mean i would say at that point you've got it you're betting on yourself to make birdie and and now the way it goes too yeah. is is I meredith you'd said that maybe you hadn't played but say they're playing for a dollar a hole mm -hmm. if nate says i'm going i'm going to go it alone Mm -hmm. and it's him against the other three or in his case sometimes four if it's a dollar a hole and nate plays on his own and beats mm -hmm. us we owe him two dollars each so mm -hmm. it, the, the bet doubles so, if you're playing by and, yourself and you kind of like i said at the top you kind of need like a, that. you need a bookkeeper sometimes you need someone that's good at you know keeping track of that because you got carryovers and we played a variation where you could call solo without before anyone hit a tee shot i mean you'd obviously rotate mm -hmm the wolf like if there's four of us i'd be wolf on the first hole i'd tee off first you'd be mm -hmm. the second so it had nothing to do with honors we just continued that you continued that um that first off on the tee right rotation throughout so if you if you called solo before anyone hit it would be worth double or triple of what you're playing so it's uh so you're like lone wolf yeah and it and a lot of times you would you know, you'd be good later in the round. You'd kind of be indicative of how you're playing to mm -hmm. determine if you'd actually go wolf. So if I'm playing pretty good by about the 15th hole, it's like, you know what? I've had a couple of beers, a couple of cocktails. It's like, I'm going to go, you know? Yeah. So let me ask you this. I'm going to throw a loop. So let's say a beverage girl drives out there on hole number 17. <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to go lone wolf. She wants to go lone wolf, sure. <laughs> Come on. Yep. Yep. You're oh. in. Definitely. No, this has been fun because... 
I mean, really, we don't, we, we've never really done a podcast on different types of golf formats and games. And I know we had some fun talking about my early, my, my youthful hustling years. Um, but really, there's so many different formats that and, you and can play. And I want to say, and this may be high, but 90% of groups that come down mm-hmm. have a game kind of similar to what Chris has done. Right. May not be exactly a belt, even though I've seen trophies and things like that, but they are playing for something and it sometimes it is accumulative sometimes if they've got four rounds played it's a cumulative score mm-hmm. um, um so yeah there's a lot of it that goes on and it should you know it uh makes the game interesting right right so and maybe for those that are listening right now we'd love to hear what type of games that you play maybe comment on this podcast let us know if you come down here regularly or even if it's just one time you've been down here but if you've played a game that you and your group like to play let us know maybe we can put together a list of different games give people ideas of different formats that they can play because really if we want to grow the game of golf the best way to grow the game of golf is honestly playing games because i know so many people that are not interested in being elite golfers they're not interested in going on tour they're not interested in playing even in their club championships but they want to get together with a group of friends and just have fun and i think given our you know um our covid environment and everything you know going into 2021 now you know i think games are really the way to go because so many people are coming into the game of golf now and just they just want to get outside and have fun and and hit the ball and what better way than to have a fun game with friends nope absolutely an outside game of poker but on the golf course right yes it's a lot more fun than poker (laughs) a lot more fun than poker (laughs) yeah all right well uh chris thanks for uh coming on the show today absolutely thanks it's always fun seeing you and uh, now take, you take care of that belt, man. Yeah, I know. Keep that belt polished. Oh, you know? I will. You don't <laughs> want to get that thing rusty this year. <laughs> it won't happen. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us.